It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And we learned yesterday that the crime dog, Fred McGriff, will not be going it alone this coming summer in Cooperstown. Scott Rowan, elected uh, by the Baseball Writers Association. And, and Rowan, I saw a stat from Sarah Langs, was uh, the lowest first ballot vote getter to ultimately still be elected by the writers now uh-huh uh-huh that's that's one of the reasons i wanted to discuss this today yeah you know worth noting that he did that in a in a shorter window when they lowered True. it to the 10 years from the 15 years being on the ballot yeah yeah um but look i let let's start with Roland. let's not get away from that sure. a, a deserving sure. career he you know, the one of the links between Brooks Robinson and Nolan Arenado in terms of third base defense, uh, yeah, where you're just yeah. considered the best third base defender in the game, and he was yeah. for a while. Um, and he could hit. You know, he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't a huge bat but he was a middle of the lineup bat for sure sure yeah career. he wasn't all glove no no stick uh you know he was mm-hmm. a good hitter definitely yeah but uh your thoughts on, on scott <sighs> i i mean okay i'm gonna say like i don't i don't want this to be a crap on the guy who just got in the hall of fame he's a he's a very good player but i don't i don't think he's a hall of famer i mean he, he technically is he's all favor now um but i just I think this is, and, and you know, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to the big picture quick. Um, I just feel like this is an example of like we we've we've blown up guys who are probably not Hall of Famers into Hall of Famers in order to make up for the fact that so many guys have basically been eliminated from consideration, serious consideration. That would be locks. And and you said it as you introed this, like, well, we found out Fred McGriff won't be going in alone. It's like that to me says it all. Like they they need guys in these classes, and so so you take a guy who got ten percent of the vote his first time, and over the years you pump him up, pump him up, pump him up, and group think takes over, and boom, he gets seventy six percent of the votes now, and he's a Hall of Famer. I just I hear you. I I do think you know of the guys on the ballot. Um, he would not have been my top choice. Um, no, and that was another thing I wanted to discuss, and we can. So I agree with you there. You know, so I am torn, and I think the reason I'm torn is what you said. The Hall of Fame's a museum to the sport, and we're going to have a museum to the sport that lacks the all-time hit leader, the all-time home run leader, you know, an era-defining shortstop third baseman who got paid the most of anybody. Yeah, uh, yeah. First baseman one who the, broke one Maris's record. One of the best pitchers record. of all time. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, McGuire, and, yes. An yeah. outfielder who hit 60 home runs in more consecutive seasons than anyone ever had. Three times, yeah. You know, yeah, uh, I mean, a first baseman who had 3,000 hits and 500 home runs in yeah, Rossi Palmero, yeah. who, like, it's just... An afterthought now, like yeah, yeah. Manny Ramirez, who was a huge, you know, piece of both the Indians, you know, as a young player, and then the Red Sox, who you know helped him win two World Series, break the break the curse. Um, you know, 
has all the numbers you could ever want. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Like these are the guys who were the best players in the game mm-hmm. over the over the last twenty some years. I think you know at least a good chunk of them: Bonds, Ramirez, Sosa, McGuire, Rayrod. These are the guys you wanted to see. Clemens, Schilling, Clemens, Schilling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, these are the these are the ones that like you made sure to watch them when they were on TV, or if they were coming through. You know, where you were, you tried to go see them in person. And no mm-hmm. slight on Scott Rowland, but I never did that. And I don't know how many people did. And that doesn't, that should not necessarily be the reason. I mean, like, because then you could take that to an extreme and you say, you know, well, uh, is Shohei Otani a Hall of Famer? No, not yet. He might be, but no, he's not there yet. But he's certainly an attraction. So I, there's there's room for nuance there. But like, Scott Rowland played, what, 15 plus years? Mm-hmm. Um and at any point during that career, which we lived through, and both of us were baseball fans, like we were old enough to to know the game. Did you ever? Did you ever one think that guy's a Hall of Famer, or two think I got to make sure I see him? I got to make sure I see that guy because he's something special. No, the answer is well, no for me on both. No, and, and uh, look, his off-field stuff becomes a major factor here, but. Is Scott Rowland's defense at third that much more eye-opening, earth-shattering than Omar Vizquel's defense? Omar at Vizquel, short? I knew. I thought that's where you were going. And I agree. No, I don't think so. And this is I why, so like, I'm not necessarily a ten guys a year fill your ballot. Yeah, but I, I was before, and I will be. I think again, like the. This whole veterans committee situation, like the guy who we talk about getting short shrift, I think right now is is Jeff Kent, 10 years on the ballot, MVP as a second baseman, heart of the order with Bonds, and it's almost like he got punished because he was with Bonds. Yeah. You know? Yeah, probably a little bit. Um, and, yeah. And, and I, mean, I just think like yeah. the, the veterans committee is going to have to clean up some of this or, or not, I guess, but well, and the initial read from, I mean, from McGriff getting in when some of these guys that we just talked about were on that, that bat, you know, Schilling bonds, Clemens, McGuire, Sosa, I think they were all considered and none of them got close. Well, and the next uh, one is 2025. Yeah. And, they they have similar rules, you know. They can only vote for five, I think. Yeah. And you still need nine of the twelve guys to vote for you, or twelve or sixteen. I think. Yeah. It's some, yeah. It's a much smaller. It's a smaller body. group, but it's like yeah. So they're limited, and you've got to assume like. I I know that it's an actual meeting, like the veterans committee is an actual meeting right. that happens, right? But. Will they do horse trading to make sure that, okay, I'm not going to vote for Jeff Kent, but you need to so that we get to that limit and I can save my vote and we can try to get somebody else? Possible. You know? Possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, and I know Schilling stuff kind of comes with a different um, a different color because I, I don't think Schilling was really ever directly tied with steroids, was he? No. I mean, he was, I, that was, I remember. He was, it's, it's all the off field, you yeah. know. It's the politics and the crazy stuff he tweets, and and I get it. Well, I mean, I think his, I, like, he, I think Schilling's a, a d bag. Yeah, 
but I think he's a Hall of Fame pitcher. And mm-hmm. and I think this was, I mean, I think the expectation was that, like, oh, well, once it comes, you know, once the media gets uninvolved with him, he'll get in. And it didn't come close. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at that, it's like, man, I don't, I don't like the chances for him unless – Unless there's a change of mindset, and there could be, sometimes there is, but like I think that would have been like, oh yeah, well this is where Kurt Schilling's going to get in because now it's his fellow players that are going to be saying like, yeah, this guy deserves to be in. Well, okay, what he's a buffoon, he needs but who cares? Is, he needs a like Pedro, David Ortiz type, like yeah. group, like guys who are not just not, not just two votes for him, and I'm assuming they are because they were teammates, but maybe not. Yeah, who but, knows? but yeah. more than than that, he needs like people who other people will listen to. You know, yes, like it's influential. Not, yeah, yeah, it's not going to yeah. be enough for like uh for Schilling to get a couple votes. He needs them to be the guy. You know, to to steal an old Bill Simmons, and it has to be old because I stopped listening to him a couple years ago. <laughs> but to, the, yeah. you know, it has to be one of the guys who gets the car keys when the group. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, true, true. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. And I, I, I think the thing that makes people uncomfortable about shilling both media and I guess, the, you know, the committees is that, you know, and we've talked about this, that the Hall of Fame inductions have become like hero worship ceremonies. And, and you got to, you know, let the guy stand up there and you talk about how wonderful he is. And no one feels real comfortable talking about how wonderful Kurt Schilling is. Mm-hmm. But I don't care. Like, I mean, like, he should still be in. I'm not, you know, I'm not vouching for his character because I think he's a buffoon, and I'm not sure he was a great teammate. I think he, you know, like he, you know, you mentioned, like, would they vote for him? I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. he came through when it mattered, but I'm not sure he was a guy that guys were like, man, I love hanging out with him. What a good dude. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, baseball especially, you, you don't need to get along. Well, that like, was Kurt Schilling had to do his job every five days, and that was it. I mean, that was Jeff Kent and Barry Bonds with the Giants. Right, they, they exactly, hit each other yeah. and they hit three, four in the order every day. And there's no and there's no chemistry needed. Like you know, the, the pitcher and the catcher, I suppose, have to have some chemistry. Um, maybe the middle infielders, you know. But like, yeah. you know, it's not basketball. It's not quarterbacks and receivers or or defenders where they got to be on the same page in the football or something. Like you know, you 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 do your thing. Barry Bonds was a by all accounts, a miserable person. But mm-hmm. you wanted him on your team because he was a great hitter. He's one of the best hitters of all time. Um, you know, so I don't know. It's just, and again, I don't want to belabor. We've had the steroid conversation, and, and I don't think we're breaking any new ground, either one of us. So I don't want to d- go too far into that because I think the same as I have for years. Mm-hmm. But I just think, I think what we're seeing, I think it's a, it's a natural side effect of, taking all these guys out guys who would absolutely be in the hall of fame no doubt locks are now not making it and it's like well we can't have year after year after year of empty classes or one guy so we gotta put some guys in we gotta put scott Rowland in we gotta pump up guys like uh, and and we can talk about them and i'm not against some of these but todd helton and billy wagner and andrew jones and like Really well, solid players, really good players, but are any of them really Hall of Famers? I'm not so, sure. So that's a good segue into my personal pet cause, which is now Andrew Jones. Yeah, Thanks. I assume you're you. I mean, you texted me. I assume that meant you were for. I'm pro Andrew, Andrew Jones. Jones. So from remember center fielder for the Braves during them being the Braves first. Oh yeah. Run. 
So from 1998 to 2006, which I grant you is not a ton of time, Andrew Jones hit 270 with 319 homers, 940 RBIs, and he played 158 games a year. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the durability and availability certainly goes goes away. Yeah, yeah. He, he's also a five-time All-Star in that period, and we're gonna have to extend one year where his at once it's when his offense started falling off. But a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten time in a row Gold Glove center fielder. Yeah, yeah. It, it, during a time when Ken Griffey Jr. was playing in the National League. And a bunch of other really good defensive outfielders were playing. This guy won the gold glove for center field. Now, look, I Tom Hodricourt, who used to be a Brewer beat writer, um, still a Hall of Fame voter, posted his ballot, explained that Andrew Jones was on the cusp, but he couldn't defend the marked fall-off from his age 31 season on offensively. Yeah, true. Which, it, it, I'm looking at the numbers now, and yeah, it's not good. Yeah, But... I, I guess this leads to the part of the Bonds argument, which Peter Gammons made of, you know, he was a three-time MVP before anything yeah. happened. If Andrew Jones had just decided I'm done playing when he was 31, like, would he be a Hall of Famer then? Because that, yeah, if that's, that's your good... argument, then I think he's a Hall of Famer now. You that's know? always a tricky one. I... I... You know, it's like at what point does a guy's career long enough to say no matter what he does from here, he's a Hall of Famer? Like, I mean, there's certain, obviously, you know, LeBron or Tom Brady or, you know, somebody like, yeah, they've been around long enough or Kobe when he was active. Well, let me give you 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 an equivalent. Let me give you an equivalency. And I don't think this is going to happen. But this guy had a Hall of Fame trajectory. We can all agree. And the last two, three years have been a little iffy. What if Mike Trout is done right now? Because his numbers He's right now, his yeah. numbers right now aren't all that different from Andrew Jones. His batting average is higher. His on base is higher. But Jones played center, won Gold Gloves, and yeah. they have, you know yeah. comparable home runs. Yeah, you know? now I, I mean, I don't now. I know this is subjective, but M- MVP didn't try to win a couple, and he's finished in the top five like seven times or something like that. Yes, I look. So, I, I mean, I'm. I'm picking a guy who i think is obviously in but i'm trying I hear you. you know i hear you it's a it's a reasonable and, and he's a guy who yeah like if if trout was done playing right now he would get in the hall of fame 100 percent. if he plays another seven years and has average season after average season he's probably still a hall of famer based on the first part of his career but yeah. i i always think about that like you know you i, I think about it more with football because i follow football closer but it's like, you know, Patrick Mahomes right now is certainly on the trajectory. He's going to win a second MVP almost certainly this year. He's won a Super Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl MVP. He's had, you know, he's set records for the first. But like, if he were to fall off the table and just become an average quarterback starting next year and do that for another six years, is he a Hall of Famer? I, I don't know. Probably, but it's tricky. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, yeah, I mean, Trout would kind of be the same, like unbelievable start. Mm-hmm. You know, if he stopped, I mean, if he retired, if he retired, he comes he's up in. tomorrow, yeah, he's in in five years. You know, his career is like, oh yeah, no doubt. But yeah, going on and play. I mean, um, I know you don't much like this guy, so you probably don't mind me bringing it up. But Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. like, I think Russell Wilson 
as of the end of last year, was pretty much a close to lock Hall of Famer. Yeah. And this year in Denver, if there's more years like that, if it's just one year, no big deal. If he bounces back next year, he'll probably make it. But if he has three or four more years like that, or even slightly better, but not much better, it's like, uh, is he? Like, we might start to reevaluate that. I'd be like, well, yeah, he was pretty good, but Hall of Fame? I'm not sure. Yeah. So, to get back to Andrew Jones, not to take it to other sports, but I can't help it. Um, I'm looking, so I'm looking at baseball reference, and, and I know, I mean, where they come up with this stuff, I guess I don't know. But your similarity scores aren't necessarily screaming Hall of Famer. Similar batters are Dale Murphy. Edwin Encarnacion, Jose Canseco, Nelson Cruz, Joe Carter are your top five. Nice players, mm-hmm. but not Hall of Famers. Now, that's hitting, and I know with him, defense is a big reason for it, and it's hard to quantify that. I mean, none of those guys are the defenders he was. Some of them, some of them not even close. Nelson Cruz and Jose Canseco. A ball never bounced off Andrew Jones' Honestly, yeah. Yeah. A ball never bounced off Jones' head and went for a It did not. It did not. And, Look, I'm going to say, I mean, you mentioned Andrew Jones this morning, and I was kind of thinking about him. Like, it's tough for me because, and I think a lot of us have this same vibe. Like, we were more exposed to the Braves back then. Yeah. The Braves were on TVS, and, and you got Braves and Cubs, and you got maybe a few national games here and there. But, but so for me, I have a bias probably toward him because I saw more of him. And I like the Braves. I mean, you know, the 90s Braves with Glavin and Maddox and Smoltz and. He was like the next big thing. I remember the 96 postseason when he, you know, got called up and started in the World Series. And like, oh, this guy's going to be the next great, uh, you know, Mickey Mantle, basically. Mm-hmm. Didn't quite become that, but became a really, really good player. So I have a little bit of bias toward him. All that said, like, if somebody came and said, he ain't a Hall of Famer, what are you talking about? I'd have a hard time being like, well, yeah, he is. Probably like, yeah, you're, you're probably right. Well, so here's the thing for me. He's the one who's left on on the ballot because I think if I was going to really go hard for someone on the defense, offense, everything, mm-hmm. it would probably be Kenny Lofton. But he got bounced from the ballot in right. the first year. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, so what? Jones was what? Did he finish fourth this year of the, of the guys? Yeah. I know Wagner and Helton, or Helton and yeah. Wagner were two and he three was, in that And he had order. gotten to about 50%. Yeah. So he's probably going to get in. I mean, that, that, now how many years does he have left on the ballot? I guess that's, I think that's he a, has four years left. I think he, four and, more. Okay. if I think, if okay. I remember right, he and Helton are at the same spot. Yeah. So he retired in 2012, which would mean he wasn't eligible until 20, what? 17, 17, 18. So this was year six. So he has four more. Yeah. So, so he probably has a pretty, pretty good chance of, of getting mm-hmm. in. I think, I mean, most guys who get to 50 plus end up getting in except for Bonds and Clemens who just kind of leveled off and didn't get any additional votes. Um, you know, I think Helton and Wagner are locks now with how close they got. Mm-hmm. And, and I was going to mention, and I don't know your thought, like, again, you, you mentioned like Roland wouldn't be my first choice of, among the top guys. Like, just eye test. I'm not looking at stats. I'm not doing, I'm just eye test remembering their careers. If I had to rank Roland, Helton, Wagner, Roland would be third in terms of Hall of Fame. I think Helton yeah. and Wagner were more like, they're guys I remember more like thinking, ooh, Todd Helton is coming up in a big spot. Crap, if he's going against my team. Yeah. Or Billy Wagner's coming in and my team's down a run in the ninth. Crap. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and that's that's totally subjective. But I feel like that should matter for the Hall of Fame. That feeling of like, man, I'm going against this guy. That's not good. Uh, no. Or man, I got this guy on my side. I feel good. That that should weigh in. I agree. I'm. I think if I were voting. I would probably vote for all of them, but for me, the easiest ones are the top four, and I think Roland would have been fourth of those four. Yeah, but but I mean, well, yeah, I I because I I'm not going hard for Billy Wagner or Todd Helton because I think they'll get in. Andrew Jones to me feels you know he's eighteen percent behind Helton. And they're the same year. I mean, I right, right. I have concerns, and and next year I think you know Joe Maurer is a lock, right? Like, well, Adrian Beltre, I would. Or, I'm sorry, a lock. Adrian Beltre is a lock, and and, and, and I would Maurer, for me Joe Maurer is a lock because Maurer, by the way, is another good cop. Other than he has an MVP for the Andrew Jones, like what happened? Kind of tailed at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, to me, I think Maurer is a Hall of Famer. I think so too. Um, uh, you know, whether it'll be first ballot, that's that seems to be a hard burden, and I don't know if he gets there. But yeah, I think so too. Playing, you know, playing catcher again. I'll admit some bias with Joe Maurer. Uh, I, you know, when I first got into football recruiting, he was a hot shot quarterback recruit, yeah. and he went Cretan the baseball Durham. route. Yeah, Cretan yeah. Durham. You know, Florida State. He was going to go to Florida State, um, and and so I always followed his career, kind of you know, with some interest and. Always liked him. So, you know, again, bias mm-hmm. comes in. This is why you have hundreds of voters and not one guy making these decisions because one guy can be like, well, I like that guy. I'm going to vote for him. Well, uh, and his, uh, you know. his yeah. last game, this has nothing to do with his Hall of Fame, you know, resume. But the way the Twins handled it where he, and I believe it was the White Sox, to everyone's credit, that they gave yeah. him, you know, the one pitch to play catcher you know yes yes that was cool i agree i agree yes yes because he played what most of several years at, at, at basically first, first base didn't he yeah. yeah 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 i mean it uh i don't know i i liked him i don't know like i said i i would bet he's not a first ballot guy but i think you know catcher is a tough position mm-hmm. for offense and he wasn't ever a great defensive catcher necessarily i don't think but he was it was good he wasn't a liability yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Did he ever win Gold Glove or anything? I'm he trying, won it. I well, he won an MVP. I know he won MVP, and he yeah. won some yeah. Silver Sluggers. I don't believe he won a Gold Glove. I don't glove. think so. My my memory, and it's just my memory, is that he was never considered an elite defensive catcher. It was yeah, impossible. It was, basically, his big thing was his bat was so valuable for a catcher. Exactly, and and consistent. You know, mm-hmm. for year after year after year, he was a he was a good. Well, he, I, I believe average he won at least not average in yeah. the sense of bad, as in batting average. I believe he won at least one batting title from. I think catcher, so too. Which, yeah, yeah. Which is amazing for yeah. a catcher. Um, you know, yeah. I'm gonna look him up. Let's 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 look here because I don't I don't want to say you know oh, he wasn't considered a great defensive catcher and then have be like well he, he actually won gold five gloves. gold gloves. Yeah. I don't think so. Well, he won three gold gloves. How about that? Not five, but three. I, I mean, I think he should be in, you know, and, and yeah. it's the, frankly, it's the Todd Helton of it all. I don't know. Should, I don't think he should be punished for never wanting to leave the team 
That Agreed. Ron, Agreed. You know, actually, it looks like he won three batting titles in the AL. Oh six, oh eight, oh nine. He's listed as the bold indicates lead league, mm-hmm. and tw- two of those three he led the entire major leagues. So, yeah, yeah that's pretty good. I mean, a three oh six lifetime hitter, and tailed a bit at the end, but worst average of a season, worst batting average of a season was two sixty one. Not bad. One, I also, I mean, some of it is it it just became less valuable to have your first baseman hit that well versus having true. your catcher hit that well. But That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He was. But yeah, I great. mean, I think so. Uh, you know, one MVP finished, finished fourth one year, finished sixth one year, finished eighth one year. So, you know, four mm-hmm. times he was top 10 in the MVP voting. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a slam dunk. I mean, it's not one of those guys that you just like, yeah, you know, rubber stamp he's in. I think Adrian Beltre is. I mean, I think his his career and numbers and longevity make it a pretty easy choice. Well, offense, defense, you know, he did both and no steroid questions. Right. That we know of, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm always right. hesitant to, yeah, no, no questions. You're right. Yes. That, yeah. You know, doesn't mean there's no, doesn't mean there's no answers if we ask the questions, but who knows? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I I don't know. Again, to to go back to where we started, um, I mean, I don't, you know, I always feel a little bit when somebody gets in the Hall of Fame and it's like, I don't, you know, it's like, man, you're just crapping on the guy. And like, I'm not necessarily crapping on Scott Rowland. He was a very good player. I just, I just don't quite get the, you know, again, you mentioned it, you know, 10% of the voters his first year should you even still be on the ballot if you can only get 10% of support in your first year eligible? I'm not sure. Like I, I sort of feel like that standard should be higher. I mean, the cutoff's five. So yeah, I feel like it should be a lot higher to be like, if you can't get at least 25 and maybe even 40 or 50% of the voters right away to, because it's five years, it's not immediate. You get five years to think about this. I mean, if you can't get, you know, uh, I don't know how many voters are there now. What's the total number? Uh, is it one ninety-two something like so, that? So we'll so we'll say roughly two hundred to yeah. make it to make it easy math. I mean, if you can't get out of two hundred seventy-five or eighty at least to say, "Yep, Hall of Famer," do you deserve more chances? <laughs> I'm not sure you really do. So, I mean, that's the way it is. He, you know, no no fault of his, but like ten percent. So, I, and it used to be more. I think right. It used to be a bigger group. Mm-hmm. Am I remembering that? So yeah. you know, let's say let's say back then it was three hundred. I don't know. Well, because there was the mass exodus of people, and then there's the slow right. rebuild now. Right, right. So I don't. Again, we could, I could look up the numbers, but let's say it was three hundred his first year. Only thirty or thirty-one or thirty-two voted for him. Like, man, should you still be on the ballot? I know it is five percent, and I'm thinking like that seems kind of ridiculously low. Mm-hmm. I no, I hear you. Um, I don't know. I, that was one of the things I was thinking about after after we texted this morning. I was kind of thinking about it a little. They were talking about it on the radio too, and I'm like, you know, so ten percent sounds like it sounds low, but then if you put it in real numbers, it seems even lower. Yeah. Like, good God, man! That many people thought no, and I know you can only vote for ten, you know, or whatever. So maybe some of those people were like, ah, boy, I really like him, but I have ten other candidates. But I can't imagine that many were affected by that. I was like, man, I've got 10 amazingly good candidates and I just can't vote for Scott Rowland. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. 
So I don't know. Again, congrats to him. I know it's, you know he's not listening. Um, and, you know, but if, if <laughs> he's actually who likes one Scott of the, Rowland, he's one of the three people who listen. It's him. He might be. And yeah, yeah. And, I mean, uh, you know, dog. if he is, he's like, God, I'm never going on those guys' show. I was thinking about it, but you know, screw you. Uh, you know, but again, uh, good for him. Uh, I hope he, you know, gets the royal treatment in July, and that's awesome and and great. I just think it's a great example of like the Hall of Fame has become very watered down in order to keep putting people in. Fair enough. Uh, well, let's pivot uh, to talk about ASU basketball. So we were riding high, feeling we good were. last time we talked. We and, were. And big game against UCLA led at the half. You were there. Seemed yeah. like a raucous crowd. It was. It was. It was a big student turnout i i don't i don't know this for certain but i i feel like they were letting students overflow students go into other sections i mean they said um, it was a record student turnout and for, by a lot too like yeah. by a thousand plus something like and i i thought it that night because i'm sitting there and i wasn't in the student section obviously and i'm sitting there and i'm seeing groups of what feel like college students come up and they're sitting and i'm like aren't you supposed to be in this but the student section too i mean i got there early i got there about an hour before tip and it was mostly i mean it was already into the upper deck portion which you know that you know yeah. like a lot of a lot of games the upper deck has nobody from from the students so they were already about halfway up the upper deck with you know 55 minutes until tip off um so it was a great student turnout and it was a it was a good atmosphere and it was a sloppy start both teams i mean it was a it was ragged a uh, lot of turnovers, a lot of missed shots. And then they both kind of got some rhythm first half. We took the lead. Um, and the second half was really, you know, like we had the lead for a good portion of it, but it was never by much. It was, you know, two, three, four, just kind of going back and forth. And then they, you know, they showed why they're a top 10 team and we're not at the end. Like they, they grabbed the game by the throat and kind of strangled us at the end of the game. Yeah. And, and then come out two nights later and just bad effort. A, a poor effort. And, and, and honestly, I mean, and I know easy to say in hindsight, but you'll have to trust me. I, I, I thought of it on Thursday night, even before the UCLA game started, because I was checking scores and I, uh, you know, I saw USC was playing Arizona and, and it was kind of one of those things that hit me like, man, you know, USC is a decent team and they're coming in here in two days and you're building this game up as like the game of the century in some ways. And you got to be able, win or lose, to turn around and play a pretty good team Saturday. And I was, I was concerned about it. And mm-hmm. the the uh, result validated my concern. Yeah, just a. I mean, Hurley went nuts on the no yeah. show effort. Yeah, it's one of those where the final score doesn't look that bad. I think we lost by eight, nine, yeah. something like that. So it wasn't like but the, the game total... flow. If you if you look at the game flow chart, it was like never close in the second half. No, no. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't USF. It wasn't a you know we weren't down by forty, but but it was not a competitive effort. It was not a oh, you lose by nine, but you were within four and you a couple of fouls and you know you missed some shots and like it was it was a game you were outplayed. Um, and it's you know it's it's rough because well first of all it's rough to get swept at home no matter what but it's rough in some ways because looking at the upcoming schedule is both good and bad like there's a lot of opportunities to get wins but there's not a ton of opportunities to get impressive wins Quality you're playing wins. 
yeah, yeah, you're playing teams that aren't good. And, and that's a little, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword. Like, like well, that's great. You could fatten up your record, hopefully. But, that, but, but it also means is you, you can't afford to, to lose match. Yeah. The, the, the path to comfortably in the tournament has gotten narrow. It has. It has indeed, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you really got to be close to perfect these next, you know, four weekends. And I'm not saying win every single game, but you, you can't afford... Very many losses. Like you got, I mean, this week is at Washington, Washington State, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to the schedule here. Then I believe we're home for the Oregon schools. That sounds right. By saying that, here we go. So Washington, Washington State this weekend. Then February, yeah, Oregon State, Oregon at home. Then at Stanford and Cal, two just got awful to teams. Win. Got to Terrible teams. Got to get both of those. And then home to Colorado and Utah, who are both, you know, decent. They have they have winning records, but neither is great. Like so, that eight game stretch. I feel like if you want to be comfortably in the tournament, you probably got to go seven and one or eight zero. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't. I don't know that this team is good enough to win seven out of. I mean, I know they did in the non conference, but like, are they talented enough to rip off a seven out of eight or eight in a row? Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, so you just can't afford the slip-ups. And then it's those, I mean, we talked about it last week, those last three. There's your there's your second swing at getting some quality wins at Arizona, at UCLA, at USC. Not easy, but if you could steal one or certainly two, that's a way to kind of put a stamp on things before you even get to the conference tournament. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, disappointing weekend. I mean, kind of felt like, you know, it's cliche, we kind of felt like you let UCLA beat you twice. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you let the emotion of losing that game carry over 48 hours later and cost you a second game. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, it, it feels like it's we're headed towards another, you know, teeth gnashing March, first half of March as we wait for Selection Sunday. And And potentially looking at that conference tournament again as like a... Oh man, we, if we get out of that first round, we'll be in good shape. Isn't it always? <laughs> you know? Isn't it? I mean, God dang, it is. Like, being an ASU basketball fan sometimes is like, if you ever doubted that deja vu exists, it feels like ASU basketball proves that it exists. Yeah. Because, man, there are a lot of times, like, geez, we're just, you know, like, we're either right back in the midst of a totally disappointing season, which we've had too many of those, or those years where it just feels like, man, if you could have just gotten another break or two and like to be honest too what's hurting us is like a couple of those non-conference wins don't look as good as as i thought they'd be michigan mm-hmm. and creighton yeah. like neither one of those teams i mean creighton especially has been not the team they were supposed to be that was a preseason top 10 team now they're unranked and michigan is probably not a tournament team right now mm-hmm. yeah it's uh it's not great that look the record yeah. is still good enough and if we finish you know third in the pack 12 i think hard we'll, to keep that team out i yeah. agree i agree yeah um, we, you know we yeah. need to get a first day by in the tournament right which yeah. really i mean you know you hate to look too far ahead but could come to that that utah game mm-hmm. we didn't play them you know we only play them once and they have three losses and we have three losses in the conference like 
that could be significant because we've already lost head-to-head to Arizona and USC, who also have three losses. We get them again, but mm-hmm. on the road, both of them. Uh, you know, so it's a little early to think tiebreakers, I realize, but still, like, feels like feels like that Utah game could be very significant to getting in the top four. Yeah, absolutely. But, again, the, the, it just feels like a really – really significant weekend right here in front of us because those are two teams that we didn't exactly blow out of the water when we played them here we beat them both mm-hmm. but it wasn't like oh we just handled them no problem and I, again i just don't think this team is good enough to feel like you can handle anybody no problem it's a good it's a good mix but it's not a super talented team so you can't just show up and you go on the road and it's like you really need to get both of these Mm-hmm. You, you, you really, really do, and that uh, I don't feel comfortable saying that, but I think it's true. I could not agree more. Um, let's pivot now to the NFL, where that you know the weekend of games was pretty good. You know, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, a couple that lacked uh, lacked much late. I mean, certainly Eagles Giants was. Was yeah. a beat down. Um, I guess Sunday is what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Sunday I, was fun. So, so I'm gonna say it. Uh, I, you know, I know the Bills only scored ten points, so it's hard to blame their defense. But I feel validated about what I said about the Bills defense. Mm-hmm. You come out and give up back to back long touchdown drives, and you're down fourteen nothing when your offense has run three plays. That's why I didn't trust that Bills defense because if they don't force turnovers, which they forced zero. And they don't get sacks, which they only had one. They can't get you off the field. It just felt I've watched a lot of them in the second half of the year, and it felt like they were they were boom or bust. They either had three picks and seven sacks, and it was like, ah, that was a great defensive outing. Or they gave up, you know, three hundred and fifty yards and three touchdowns to Mac Jones. It was like, uh, that's a bad offense. How do you do that? Yeah. So again, they only scored ten points. Uh, so I, uh, you know, knee jerk is like, well, it's not their defense's fault. And it's not entirely, but a fourteen nothing deficit in the first quarter in a snow game definitely did not help. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but so looking ahead, you got Brock Purdy going to Philly. Yeah, and you got Joe Burrow going back to. Arrowhead against a banged up gimpy Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, playing on his injured ankle valiantly. I gotta tell you, first of all, I know that this is n- I'm not a heel guy, though. I rooted for Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers with all my heart. <laughs> right. I'm not a heel guy. I love Joe Burrow. I I I'm all in on the gimmick. Uh, or, you know. <laughs> well, this is this is where we part because I don't. <laughs> I, 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 his, I uh, yeah, I'm not a fan. His quote about our window is however long I'm here. I I thought that was great because it, you know him and Jamar Chase I think is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, he's a very good player. I'm not taking anything away from him. Uh, I'll say him and the whole team in general. The, the manufactured motivation about selling the neutral site AFC title game tickets was ridiculous. Every yeah. team sells playoff tickets ahead, including, I'm sure, the yeah. Bengals. Yeah. Sold tickets to an AFC title game ahead because if the Jags had won, they would have hosted. 
So, like, stop with it, man. I mean, it's it's sort and I like Georgia, but it's sort of this, you know, Georgia, you know, nobody respected us. Nobody gave us a chance. Like, no, just about everybody gave you a chance. Yeah. I mean, like, find me the find me that you know. I I saw Nolan Smith for Georgia. People were picking us to go seven and five. Please enlighten me as to who was picking Georgia to go seven and five before the year. Well, this was. I, uh, I don't know if you've seen on. the meme on Twitter that's been going around about the you know arguing with no one. Where they were like, I'll tell no, you what, this, I, this, this I, cements, this cements, Le- this will shut people up on the whole LeBron's not good argument. It's like, who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, I remember that from a few years ago was when Brady was still with the Pats and the, and the Pats started like one and two. And, and I remember it was like everybody on TV or whatever, the sports talk shows, the game announcers are like, well, I'll tell you what, everybody's writing off the Pats, but not me. And I'm like, who is writing off the Pats? Please, please enlighten me as to the person who's saying that the Pats are done when it's when they're one and two. No mm. one is, but it's like everybody is creating this straw man to say I'm not going for that. Yeah. And this is kind of what that was. And and again, I motivation and I get it. It's manufactured, but it's it's a little bit like stop with the whole you know. Oh, I guess I better send those refunds. Like that's how ticket operations work, Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sorry to enlighten you on on the you know how it works, but I'm sure Cincinnati had tickets reserved for home playoff games that they didn't have. Now, all of that being said, I I think that the Gimpy Mahomes Chiefs that's a big injury. Uh, it's yeah. very significant. Agreed. Agreed. I. I think the Jags could have beaten them, but I think the Jags, I mean, I texted you about it during the game, so this isn't going to come as a surprise. I felt like the Jags played the third quarter, especially super conservative. Like when they had a chance to really, they were down seven at the half and they had two drives where they could have tied the game with a touchdown. And they just, they they were playing the game in a phone booth. Like everything was short passes and runs. And it's like, be aggressive, man, go get it. And by the time they did, it was too late. And I think if they had gone to get it, they'd have won. And and yeah, with Mahomes, I mean, now it's seven more days, and it, like that that injury doesn't get better in seven days. Yeah. So well, it just I, gets I, stiff. I don't. The first week's not good. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can play on it in the. I mean, Romo said this. I know at the end of the, the Bills game, like you can play on it in the moment. You got the adrenaline, and you just you know like I ah, you know wrap it up real tight. And I'll play through it. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, now I saw he was you know. He was walking at his press conference today, and apparently looked good, and no boot, and blah blah blah. But it, yeah, I don't, I don't. Uh, well, this I don't reminds love their me. Chances. Wasn't that a Todd Graham thing with a kicker, where like the kicker wouldn't wear the boot, and then I think so. Or, or no, yeah. was it Manny Wilkins? It might have been with Manny Wilkins. It might have been. You're right. Yeah, I think it was. Where I they just was, where he just didn't wear the boot when the media was around in but public, was, right? You know? the Brady White, uh, Dylan Sterling Cole year where mm-hmm. Manny was in and out of the lineup. Yeah, I think you're right. But so yeah, who can trust? Uh, I mean, you know, like you never know. Um, I think he's gonna play, but you know, so much of what makes him good is that you know that improvisation, that kind of running around. Um, now you know they have a good offensive line that I'm going to say this and it's going to sound like a bitter fan, but they have a good offensive line that holds on every single snap. So they don't get called for it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they do that, that might help because you know, I saw about seven of them went on call against Jacksonville. Like, Oh, well, they get away with that. They're pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and on the flip side, you know, you got the Niners who took care of Dallas, you know, shut yeah, shut yeah. down Dallas's offense pretty much entirely. They and did. I know Pollard they did. got I think, hurt. I was going to say, man, I think Tony Pollard getting hurt changed that game. I really, I think they were going to win. I know it was, it, they were down three at the half, but they were playing better than San Francisco, I felt like. And I think they would have won if Tony Pollard's healthy. But that, you know, they just didn't have any. Like Zeke is Zeke has become a, a power back. He's Jerome Bettis now, basically, mm-hmm. and and all they've got is CD Lamb, who was really good. But like, okay, you take him away. Who else do they have to to scare you without Pollard? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I I wasn't overly impressed by the Niners. I watched the entire game, and like, I like Brock Purdy. I thought he was pretty shaky, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he didn't turn the ball over. Um, although he was lucky on a couple that they weren't picked. Uh, but I just, I thought he looked a little uneasy. He was scrambling to his left a lot, which I'm like, you know, dude, you're, you, you can't throw that way as easily. He, you know, a couple times he's running backwards in the pocket. Like I didn't really love what I saw. And I, uh, and knowing how good Philadelphia's pass rush is, I'm not sure how great that matchup is. Well, and doing it on the road and the weather's going to be bad. Sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't have the friendly crowd. Like I, I think there's been, and I've probably been guilty of it. Like, oh, Brock, it's just like destiny. Brock Purdy's going to win the Super Bowl. They've got this great team, and he's a he's a machine. And I, like I saw a little bit of a little bit of rookie nerves, uh, you know, in the in, in that game, and even a little bit against Seattle in the first half. Mm-hmm. And like, and Seattle, not Seattle, Philadelphia just looks so good mm-hmm. on Saturday night. Yeah. And I know the Giants. Maybe the Giants, you know, the air was out of the balloon and all that, you know. But, yeah, like, well, man, did Philly look good. Well, And you're going to be asking a lot for the Niners' defense to hold Philly down. Exactly. Yeah, you I know. don't think you're holding them to 12 points. Like, that's, you know, they can run the ball really well. Now, I know the Eagles' defense was a little bit susceptible to the run, too. So, you know, if you get, you know, the McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Debo, all those guys, you know, like, it's an interesting game. I mean, I always, I always try not to fall too much into the what I just saw trap. I mean, I picked the 49ers to beat the Eagles before the playoffs. We did our kind of round by round. I said I thought, you know, and now I'm kind of leaning the other way based on what I saw last weekend. So where where are you now? What are you thinking? For, so for I'm rooting for Kansas City, but I think Cincinnati will win. Yeah. Um like because of the Mahomes, I just, I don't know. I mean, as we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Like Cincinnati's beaten them three straight times. They're, they're not, they're not intimidated by them. And then you add in Mahomes being hurt. I don't feel great about them. Um, and I, and I, I think I'm going to go Philly, even though I, I don't know that one. I'm a little bit more on the fence, but I'd love to see the Brock Purdy story get all the way to the Super Bowl. But I, like I said, boy, they look good last week. That, that kind of swayed me. Yeah, I on this weekend you and I are perfectly aligned. I think, okay. I think Philly at home like look, Brock Purdy has met the moment. And sure. and I love all of the you know, the last time he and Jalen Hurts played it was a forty one forty two forty one shootout. Right. Yeah, it's like I, Oklahoma, I, Iowa State. Yeah, yep, yep. I just don't think that's where we're at. No, I don't think so either. No, I don't think it'll be that type of game. Uh, I mean, these these are pretty good defenses, and and yeah, I mean that Philly pass rushes. I mean, they had what seventy sacks this year. Uh, four guys with double digit sacks. Like they, 
they get after it. And I did not love what I saw from Purdy as like a stand in the pocket and, you know, sort of that, that old Ben Roethlisberger, you know, ability to like, there's craziness all around you, but you're standing in there and delivering. He wasn't doing that last week. Yeah. And then I, I just think the Mahomes injury, if he comes out and he's fine, you know, they shot up his ankle and he's feeling no pain. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're going to, I think they're going to be, it's going to be a, you know, a tough game. Like winning at Arrowhead is tough and the Chiefs are good and Andy Reid's a great coach. And, you know, I got, I don't think that it's a rollover, but I just, I don't know, man, if it comes, you know, comes down to the fourth quarter and you need Mahomes to be special. Can he do that when he doesn't have the mobility? Mm hmm. So that's those are my picks. They're the same yeah. as yours. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I you know I picked San Francisco before, and I kind of wanted to ride it, but yeah, I'm gonna you know right now I guess if, you know out of these four, if I had to repick the winner of it all, I I would say Philly, based on what I saw last Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have one more thing we have to pick this weekend. It's the winners of the Royal Rumbles. Right, right. That's true. Yes, we do. So. For the men's rumble, Cody Rhodes, you know everything. Everything they're doing indicates Cody Rhodes, but they swerved last night and had Brock Lesnar return, so that's exciting. Yeah, um, it was a good. It was a good show on Monday, thirtieth anniversary. It was, that was fun. Nice little good mix of nostalgia and and new stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't want it to be Cody Rhodes. I want it to be something else. I want it to be someone from the bloodline or... Well, well, I'm going to say it before you say it in case that's where you're going. I'm thinking Sammy's eight. I think he's going to win it. I hope you're right. I think that's the... The final the, you test. You know, this will be the final test is like, you know, if you are in the rumble, you need to, you know, eliminate yourself so that, you know, like maybe you're, I think you suggested it solo and him or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody else has that chance or like, you know, basically like if you win, we need you to defer the, you know, you're going to forfeit the title match or something. Mm-hmm. And I think he doesn't, I think it's going to be Zane. Yeah. I, so I think it's probably going to still be Cody, but I don't want it to be. I was going to take KO. I, I Okay. Think he gets in after the after the title match? Yeah. Is that he okay. comes in, because they always do that, right? Like, the guy who they comes could. in at 30, like, there's going to be some sort of shenanigans. The final test is going to be, like, Sammy distracts him in the title match or does something. Yeah. And so then yeah. it'll be, like, Sammy and Cody and Solo and then number 30 will hit, and it'll be KO. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I could see him being being a factor there. Yeah, yeah. Especially if that match opens the show, which yeah. it could. They could go with the title match to start. Title match, uh, women's know, rumble, women's title match. Tag Isn't there uh oh no, it's not Tag, uh, Bray Wyatt. The Bray yeah. Wyatt match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I assume he's not in it. Yeah. I get the feeling they're going to keep him away from the title picture for a while. You can't once you put him in the title picture, powers. it's like, what do you do? Yeah. He's kinda, it's what yeah. happened last time. It is, exactly, yes. Like, what do you, where do you go from there? I feel like they, they're going to they're gonna keep that separate for a bit. Um, but, 
but yeah, I don't know. I, okay, I'm going to ask you: Are you buying into the the Rock is not actually going to be involved? Because I'm not quite buying it yet. I'm not either. I I heard a very compelling argument for why he's involved. Is every year WWE has let people think the Rock is coming, and right. it's been quiet, right? Like right. they've been, you know, and he hasn't shown up. But they've let everyone think like, oh, he's coming to Dallas. He's right, going right. to close the show in Dallas and talk about WrestleMania Hollywood. And it's all just going to be right. a build to that. Or, yeah, and they've been doing it forever. Well, this year they're like, oh, it doesn't work with his schedule. And I he know. doesn't think he get in shape. I know. It's like, why, why would you tell me that? Oh, we're well, not going to have the and bloodline thing. I remember thing? last year, Cody, it was Cody Rhodes last year. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he's not actually signed yet. He's not going to be at WrestleMania. I don't, I don't know what you're thinking. And then... He was at WrestleMania. And a few years ago, it was the Hardys, their return. Mm-hmm. Well, they have indie dates. They can't be at WrestleMania. And then they were there. So, like, I get a little skeptical when it's like the, oh, well, he's just not he's just not going to be in good enough shape. Like, first of all, The Rock's always in really good shape. So and, I'm not well, sure I buy that. And I'll that. tell you this. The music hits. He's got his, you know, cut-off sleeve shirt on. He's yeah. fine. The, the crowd's exactly. going to... The crowd popped for the American badass version of The Undertaker. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Even though he couldn't get his motorcycle working. Couldn't get his motorcycle working. Could barely get into the ring. Could barely get out of the ring. <laughs> it, was, it was not not the greatest. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a little rough. The moment with Wyatt was cool. I will yeah. say that. But, uh, but, yeah, there was clearly a problem with getting that motorcycle started. Both getting to the ring and leaving the ring. Um but, you know, yeah, you're right. Nostalgia's going to win out. Like, The Rock could show up and be 50 pounds overweight and people would go nuts. You mean like, uh, like Ted DiBiase? <laughs> exactly, yes. Brett Favre's welfare scheme partner. Yeah. There was yes. a, uh, I haven't seen it yet. I just saw the clip of it, but there's a real sports on the welfare fraud. I heard that. I haven't seen it yet either. Yeah. I, yeah. Saw I was the... thinking that when Ted DiBiase was on Raw and I'm like, Oh yeah, wasn't he part of Brett Favre's welfare scheme? And then I thought, God dang, if that doesn't prove that it's good to curry favor with the media during your playing career. Mm-hmm. Because boy, Brett Favre has skated on that so far. Like, yeah. completely and totally skated. Mm-hmm. And the real sports story, ESPN didn't do that. There was no, no deep dive. But- no, no. And, and again, I really, I mean, maybe I sound cynical, but like, the guy was really good at at Curry in favor with the media, the national football folks. And, well, and like, Madden loved him. him. You know, Madden right. could not have loved a quarterback more than Brett Correct, Favre. yeah. And, um, uh, Peter King. I mean, Peter King loved Favre. And he's an agenda setter. But, you know, like he... I mean, Peter King is the reason that we have the longer extra point. He made it his mission that the extra point had to be changed because it was too easy. And by God, it happened. I don't like him, but... He is an agenda setter. And so, like, the more guys like that who love Brett Favre, the more that everybody's just going to be like, oh, yeah, that's not great. Anyway, on to the next thing. Yeah. Uh, and again, I don't mind Brett Favre as a player. I mean, I liked him. But, like, there's something yeah. to that. Anyway. Oh, he, yeah. there's, there's more than something. He did it. I mean, there is, well, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, there's some shadiness there. Uh, and, and it's not great. But, you know, hey, it is. It is why you, uh, you know, we started this conversation with the Baseball Hall of Fame and Kurt Schilling and Barry Bonds. And they're probably not in, in part because they did not curry favor with the media. Mm-hmm. Brett Favre certainly did, and it's paying off for him. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Women's Rumble, I'm taking Asuka only because I don't have a good, like, Charlotte's a champ. 
Bianca's yeah. fighting Alexa. You know, yeah. I, it, I'm gonna it, say Rhea Ripley for that one. Yeah, I feel like they're I, pushing her big with the Judgment Day. That's a yeah, that's a good call too. I just it feels to me like, and I heard somebody else say this. It might have been Brian Dipperstein on the Ringer. That yeah. doesn't it feel like they're giving her the China push where she's going to be fighting for like the U.S. title or the Intercontinental maybe, title? Maybe I could see that. Although they're so reticent now to do man on woman mm-hmm. actual physical like. Like go the, the other days. way, like the twenty four seven title, right? Yeah, you know, but that's but... roll ups in the back or something. Like you know, to actually have a man woman match, I don't know. I don't know if that flies like it did back when China was wrestling. Like that was that was also the days when you know Val Venus was a a male prostitute and the Godfather was a pimp, and you know they could they could do stuff like that back then, and they don't quite do that now. Yeah, I don't know, I, but uh, that's Rhea's a good pick. I th- I think that's a, a very good pick. I feel like it's there's only a there's only a few it could be honestly they don't have they don't have as deep of a, a group. No, I mean, it's like it, it, you could you could Becky shoot. Lynch is possible obviously it, it's like that's always Becky Bailey Charlotte uh with yeah. a returning Naomi. Uh, yeah, boy that I didn't even think about that but that would, you, that would get a huge pop. When you put her with the bloodline and they're Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Although boy if you make her a heel Almost seems like a waste. Like she's she's got a she's got a martyrdom going right now. Her and Sasha Banks both that have made them a lot more popular than they ever were when they were wrestling every week. Yeah, and I mean Sasha's gone apparently, so like you know they could they could really take advantage of that if they wanted. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about that. But that would make some sense. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, the the surprise pop ups I'm hoping for, and if any of these are confirmed already, don't tell me because I haven't heard them confirmed. I um, haven't heard of anybody for women, so I I won't tell you because I don't know. Yeah, I'd like her. I'd like to see Sasha come back because she didn't appear anymore. Like she's got a February New Japan date, but right, it'd be cool. Uh, I mean, that would, but uh, God, the crowd would go nuts. Uh, I mean, yeah. like she's she's immensely popular now. Yeah. Um, I I think we will almost certainly get some sort of. Bella twins appearance. Yeah. Although they, yeah. they were snarky about raw 30, I not did, talking about the women. I did see league. that. Yeah. 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 Although they got to bring back old people. They don't have 30 women that could like, even if they dip into the NXT ranks, I don't think they have 30 women that could fill up the rumble. They got to bring back some old folks. Well, especially if, you know, I, I, I'm asking this legitimately. If they're looking for a path to unifying the titles, do they put Bianca and Charlotte in there so that one can could. call out the other? I suppose you could. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that you know, and they're and they're at least credible threats to win. Mm-hmm. Both of them would be. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I don't know if it's gonna happen, but they've done it before. You know, give me a Trish Stratus appearance, and I'll be uh, just fine with that. Uh, Trish, Alita. Yeah. 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 I mean, Trish. You know, it's not two thousand one anymore. She's gotten a little older. But she can still, she can still get it done. Yeah, that's uh, all I'm gonna say. On the on the men's side, I haven't heard anything about this guy coming back. But I think it's the person who, like, when Edge came, and I had like my huge yeah. fan pop for Edge. Yeah. If Big E comes back, oh, for man. Rumble, that would be awesome. I, yeah. Especially if yeah. you had like Kofi and Xavier were in the ring. 
Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, I don't. And, and someone in the middle. I don't I mean, I have no idea if he could, but that would be yeah. sweet. You know, but if that, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is just if they could. I don't know if he's healthy enough, but if they could do something where, you know, it's the it's Xavier and Kofi. You have the Kofi spot, and he doesn't blow it this year. Yeah, and, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And, and Xavier's in there, but they're getting picked on and isolated, and then the New Day music hits for the third time and it's Big E. And it's Big E. That would be sweet. Uh, yeah, that would get a that would get a great reaction. Yeah. I, I think, I would not be surprised, you mentioned Edge, I, I would not be surprised he comes back and is part of it. Oh, yeah. And the other I, one you know, for he's me been is, off for a bit, so. is Randy Orton. Yeah, you know, I haven't heard much, I mean, like, yeah, I haven't heard much at all about, like, his injury status, so if he's able, yeah, that would make sense and if he's able to. Yeah. And if you want to have a guy who there's a compelling storyline, it could be him chasing, trying to catch Cena, who I also yeah. think could be in the Rumble. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if he was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah, having him trying to catch Cena, yeah. Cena yeah. who's trying to catch Flair. You know, right. or break the tie with Flair. I, I guess he's tied with Flair. I think he's tied with him now. Yeah, they both have sixteen. I don't. I don't think they'll ever give Cena the belt again. First of all, he's not on enough anymore. He'd have and to commit you, to. He'd have to commit to being there for, like, between Mania and Survivor Series, and he drops. Yes. You know, like he has to yes. give them three months or yeah. four months. And I, and I, I also think, especially with Triple H running the show right now, his reverence for Ric Flair. He's yeah. not going to want to take that spot from him yet. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not saying it won't ever happen, I guess, but like, I don't see it happening anytime soon. Yeah. So those are the, those are the surprises. Edge would be a good one. Cause he's been away for a while. It makes sense. And they could even, they could get him involved with, with Finn Balor or Damian Priest or something. And, and, you know, like feels like they still need to blow off of that feud. Yeah. Because like, the last time we saw Edge, wasn't it the, the, I quit where they mm -hmm. hit Beth Phoenix with the chair and then they, you know, like, yeah. so it feels like they, you got to have him come back and go after Balor again, maybe mm -hmm. do a big WrestleMania match between the two of them. Yeah. It'd be nice if Finn Balor could attend WrestleMania this year. It would. It <laughs> would. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they, they're pushing him well. I mean, he's kind of the, the top guy in that group. Side side note: the the prison Mike Dominic Mysterio thing is is working for me. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of working. Like, I don't know how long it'll work. I think it's got short shelf life, but it's kind of good. Like, he you know he spent you know three hours in jail and he's turned into a hardened ex con. I'm kind of enjoying it. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, I like it too. It's again. I I don't think you could do it for years or even maybe three months. But, you know, for now, it, it's kind of going. Yeah. So, anyway, those are our picks. We've discussed yes. a lot. <laughs> Until next time. It'll be time. fun. It'll be fun. We'll talk more about it next time around. Yeah. Until then, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.